0: Standard Scrabble rules apply. No kicking, biting, or slapping. No projectiles of any kind. Name-calling? Only on your own turn. It. Give me four big ones, you wrinkled toad. Yes! Yes! It? That's not a word. I challenge. You challenge it? Give me the dictionary. (laughs) What kind of stupid dictionary is this? Webster's? I think it's the one your company makes. That would explain it. Explain it? What's an it? Quixotic. That's triple word score plus 50 for using all seven letters. Q and the X, that's... 152 stinking totally lucky points. Woo! Woo! Yes! In your face, math boy! One and all, welcome to our July themed edition of Nick's Nonfiction. I'm your host, Comic Nick Munez, here to deliver the goods. I'm gonna fill an hour of airtime talking about Scrabble. Is it even possible? I'll shove this microphone up my ass and see what happens. We have Stefan Fatsis, a returning author with Word Freak. New York Times bestseller, yada yada. Scrabble, it's America's game. It sells 2 million sets every year. 30 million American households have one. You'll learn the history of the board game today, but we are getting into the characters of this niche. Who spends their whole life ascending the mountain of Scrabble? There is money to be made, you will see, as well as Scrabble sluts. (laughs) These guys are getting the scraps of the board game industry. We'll talk chess, we'll talk go. It's the most popular board game in prison as well. You gotta think nobody's tried to make a shank out of the hourglass yet. For me, playing Scrabble, I'm not good. It's like talking to women. You spend the whole time looking at the rack, trying to form words. Found this book in one of those mini libraries in Boulder, you know, all kitschy. Or maybe this book found me. I was in an elementary school scrabble club. My family dog swallowed a bag of tiles when I was really young. He had messed up vowel movements for a month. Eh? I never had a dog. <laughs> the uh, average English speaker's lexicon is from 15 to 20,000 words, and a Scrabbler is up above 120,000. Diverse subculture. The stars today include a vitamin popping stand up comic. He got a former bank teller with intestinal troubles nicknamed G.I. Joel. Marlon, burly, unemployed African American from Baltimore's inner city. And then the three-time national champion who plays by Zen principles. You could extrapolate all the lessons. It's really a great story. It's not just going to be crappy puns and word jokes. Before we get into the content, our entire first year of shows has just gone on to the Library of Congress over on the Patreon page. Timeless knowledge, infographics, there's also live videos over on that page, hikes, really fun stuff. Free books, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Accessory to War, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell, Why We Sleep, Bourdain, Kitchen Confidential, Super Intelligence, Mindhunter, Joan Rivers. You're getting Hunter S. Thompson over there. Plato, the Republic. This is the best dollar you're ever gonna spend. I'm going blue for a minute. You cheapskates out there, you pinch your pennies when it comes to positivity and dare I say dealing truth. When you go to the mall, you're balling out on vanity, gluttony, sloth. This dollar is the best 100 pennies you could ever put towards something. Support the show. (laughs) Scrabble. How do you get jizz off of a Scrabble board? Don't bother. It's worth 27 points. About the author, Stefan Fatsis. And that'll happen right after a word from our sponsors. Obama, hamburger, sussy balls Lil Mosey is white, sussy balls EDP, 445 balls I like 13 Welcome back Stefan Fatsis He was around when we did The Anatomy of Baseball a little over a year ago It was an anthology, a bunch of different writers he was a sports writer for the New York Times He's a Greek kid, born in 1963 Lives in D.C. with all of his best-seller money. Went to UPenn. Has an American Civilization degree. 1985 to 1994, he was a reporter for the Associated Press in Athens, then Greece, Philadelphia, Boston, and New York. 95 to 2006, wrote about sports for the Wall Street Journal. Got to do some crazy books during this time. Wild and Outside, How a Renegade Minor League Revived the Spirit of Baseball. His more interesting one, 2008, he's a 5'8", 170-pound munchkin, and he went and tried out to be the kicker for the Denver Broncos. So that's another book he detailed that entire experience. This is two years of going deep on the Scrabble scene. Shouldn't exist. He's going on NPR all the time, writing baseball columns to this day. You're seeing also in the news now, Scrabble is racist. They're retracting dictionaries, putting Newspeak in it. We'll definitely touch on that. And they're doing Scrabble on Broadway now, I saw. It's a play on words. Chapter 1, The Park. August 1997. Fatsis was just granted by the New York Times to go write this book. And he is in Washington Square Park playing Scrabble. Not even looking up every 10 seconds for the usual cop raids, busting drugs. He's trying to draw a picture of his laser focus. Nothing can take his eyes off the board. It's such an enticing game. It's only his second time playing, and he's stuck with a Q and a bunch of vabbles. His opponent, Diane, she runs this local Thursday night uh, Scrabble club, and she's saying, I know you're a writer, but I'll take you in. Not a lot of people like to be written about. We learned this in the crack hour books. Second game, he's getting tossed around the board by Diane, and this other coffee houser, Chris, shows up. He thinks Stefan's gonna be an easy game. Fresh meat on the block, Stefan won that game. He's getting intoxicated by the winning. Fatsa says some games you don't need to know the rules. Scrabble, Monopoly, Candyland. It's all intuitive. Once you play the game routinely enough, though, you're gonna start finding Hidden rules and shortcuts, Stefan just getting acquainted in the park with some local players knew nothing about Scrabble before, just that prison article he wrote article went viral because in a prison Scrabble tournament, a guy used the word "motherfucker" and won triple word score. oh all these Scrabble guys lose their tiles. Stefan's getting an early start in the southwest corner, Washington Square park. He's there for about three weeks. In his bones, he meets John Williams, a uh, Long Island head of the National Scrabble Association. Ten thousand people receive the newsletter a year. They have twenty three hundred ranked members and like a hundred fifty competitions a year. This player, John, gives Stefan a player dictionary, and he's going, Easy tip you're not going to memorize the entire dictionary, you got to learn the meanings of the words. It's not enough to just learn a word, it's not going to stick. Stefan was able to challenge the head of the Scrabble Association to a quick game. Got annihilated. He averaged four points to John's seven. Why don't you just tell us the score, Stefan? He's hiding it in a ratio. Break out your calculators. He's on his way home to Barnes & Noble. He's buying every uh, Scrabble book in existence. A few weeks later, they rematch Stefan and John. John only doubles his score this time. He said four to seven before. I'm not doing math here. Three weeks go by, and Stefan knows if I'm going to want to be good at this thing, I'm going to have to put the time in. It's not enough to be a New York Times writer with my big (laughs) champagne socialist vocabulary. He's actually going to have to grit it out with these weirdos who are obsessed with the words. Second half of the chapter, Matt approaches Stefan one day in the park. Stefan already noticed this one guy Bigger fella. He's always reaching into his duffel bag and taking a shot from a pill bottle. Matt finally approaches the table. He's going, Quick tip never hold on to two S's or E's. There's so many in the deck, it's going to come up from time to time. Matt is the Scrabble junkie. He was the guy mentioned in the intro, does stand up. The two of them take a liking to each other. They're riding around New York City looking at license plates, trying to cross-reference letters in the dictionary, see if they can make words out of it. They pull up to Matt's apartment one day. Go there at the end of the book again, so I don't have all the details. He saw Scrabble articles everywhere. Matt's walls are filled with index cards of words he didn't even know existed. He's going, good thing they don't have drug tests and Scrabble, because this guy has 40 shelves worth of pill bottles. Matt lets him in on a uh, DC tournament that's coming up, and he's telling him about all the big dogs you gotta watch out for. Joel Sherman, the current reigning Scrabble champion. So we're gonna get to know as GI Joel. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Fuck me in my dirty butthole, GI Joel. He says he only sleeps four hours a night. He doesn't work and he scrabbles all day. Matt's going. Joel likes to have 1.5 beers at events. It hurts himself, however, he thinks it helps him strategize. Matt, overthinking every little thing, maybe that's what it takes to be the top. It's more than a board game to these people. There's a breeding ground for skill, achievement, self-worth. They're uh, making themselves better people, like Matt gives up his drinking throughout the book because he gets so much more focused. Edley is also the one to watch out for in D.C., This is probably the savant. Entire chapter on him later. Uneventful DC tournament. Matt came in second place and he won a really small cash prize. Came in second to Edley. Edley's not a park player. So Matt gets all the glory there. G.I. Joel gave a five minute acceptance speech at the end of that tournament. He lightens it up with Scrabble humor. He's a beloved champion. Joel is like the Jedi and Edley is portrayed as the Darth Vader, it'll be up to you to decide by the end who is to play what role. Matt's final tip to Stefan to win, prioritize strategy over word memorization or concentration. Chapter 2, unrated. Ten-chapter book today. Forgot to mention that. Stefan joined a one-day six game tournament at the entry cost of twenty five dollars at an old Wyndham hotel. The tournament included ranked players from twelve hundred to seventeen hundred. Just like the SATs, if you're over sixteen hundred, you're an expert. Over two thousand, you are an outlier. Susie was the first person that he played. Took her eight years to make it to that expert level. Says it's harder to play with a novice sometimes because they're cluttering the board. That's what Susie was calling Stefan. But if you have superior word knowledge, you don't have to worry about blocking out the board and being all that strategic. In this six-game tournament, Stefan came 16th out of 28. And his ranking out of those 2,500 active Scrabble members is 728. Oof. The more of this, I thought I was a writer, I thought I was going to be the best immediately... Some of these kids have dedicated the amount of time as a chess grandmaster to Scrabble. Wouldn't you be so mad at whoever raised you for not putting a piano in front of your fingers? Go play with an orchestra. Instead, you're playing under buzzing lights with a bunch of dimwits. (laughs) People are smarter than me. Chess comes from backgammon. If you didn't know that, we're going to do a little backstory in the gaming world. And Scrabble barely even has a history. Selcho and Riker were the game company that invented it and bought the rights for the game in the 80s. They also invented Bananarama, you know, these other word-based games. But Scrabble is the king. And if you look back at ancient hieroglyphs, these people had all kinds of little word games as well. Stefan's talking about the 1972 Fisher-Boris match. You know, height of the Cold War, the chess guys are playing against each other. I watched a documentary recently. <laughs> we already know computers could beat anybody at chess, starting at any disadvantage. Computers can beat people at Go now, which is much more complicated. They played in China. It's harder than chess. They have harder AI on Call of Duty. You know, what are we talking about here? They have dexterity. you got to be quick when you're playing chess. <laughs> you only got one minute in the Scrabble world, otherwise you're drowning in the quicksand would be cool to see Scrabble in the uh, Olympics. There's that thing called the Mind Olympics, and Scrabble is an event in that. But wouldn't it be different for every single language? I'm going totally off. English is kind of a shite language. In Russian, you could say the sentences forward, backwards, or mix up the subject and the pronoun, and you can make the sentences mean different things. So You can have so much more depth to anything you want to say. Freaking cartoon characters here. I took the plane plane over the plane. Oi, Brav we gotta make a new language called American. <laughs> what would that entail? Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, one extra fry. Stefan, the history of Scrabble. Kind of finishes the history in a later chapter. It's one of these New York Times writers, can't be a linear plot line. Okay, Quentin Tarantino. Deeper he goes into it, he's saying Joel and the National Scrabble Association guy, Joe. They both knew the history better than anyone. So let's check back in with the gang. G.I. Joel has been touring the world. He's been to Bangkok. (laughs) Don't look up the capital of Thailand or your mom will ground you. Royal Palace, Eastern Europe. He's been to Russia, played all the big Scrabblers. Joel is on his way to the East Coast Tournament. And now that Stefan has a ranking, he's able to sign up. It's a four-day tournament, 115 players. You play 20 games of Scrabble. And Stefan's still a 779 ranking. He's going to be in Division Four, bottom of the Titanic. He had one tournament on Long Island. He lost to a 14-year-old. But in that tournament, he had a winning record. Got a little bit of confidence going into this one. Matt and Stefan are driving there together carpools this is when he says he has all the fun he's finding out that matt is from indiana his mom was a lawyer his dad was an actor again later chapter goes into how the mom is like a schizophrenic and the dad is a manic depressant perfect formula for a (laughs) stand-up i don't know why stefan burying the lead matt's ranking was 1942 just below that genius and he placed second in the east coast competition Gave him another massive boost. He's trying to break the 2K. Parents divorced at seven years old, stopped going to school, got expelled, moved to Boston, transcripted a Woody Allen club set, killed with it, and then just started doing open mics forever. He said he'd play Scrabble with his girlfriend, and that's what got him addicted. He entered a high roller Scrabbles tournament once and won $5,000. He's like, I'm in this game for the long haul. Having heard that G.I. Joel in that Royal Palace tournament, he won 13K. So if you're really hustling around the globe, <laughs> make a living flipping tiles. Matt gave Stefan a secret on the way. He's playing anagrams. This helps him think of words quicker. It's going to be hard to follow. Um, You know all of the letters in one word. He could rearrange to make another word. A really famous one is Eric Clapton, rearranged as narcoleptic. Britney Spears is prebisterian, very close to these numerology people who are going, well, if you add up a Bible verse, it adds to the satanic number. These people are literally one degree off. There's this character later that will skip. His name is Lester, the molester. He didn't molest. He molested the government. He's going, if I didn't have Scrabble... I would only have one goal in life, and that is to uh, start a rebellion. There's a lot of freaks in this game. There's is um, a different way to think these people have. The longest anagram in history is uncopyrightable. The word is abeghilnoptewe. <laughs> I'm a Neanderthal. Abeghilnoptewe. Are we sure that's not Swedish? You look at when these guys play Scrabble the Two Pros, just Google the boards. It looks like a Sudoku game. <laughs> There's no blank spaces. I don't even know if that's possible. Nine by nine square where everything's a word. Fuck, 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 fuck. Could happen. Stefan starts shouting out words in the car. Camouflage. Matt goes, calculating guacamole. That's right. Plus an F. Stefan is thinking this guy is either a fucking genius or a madman. And Matt is like, no, I just have ADHD and I study. These are little puzzles that I give myself to occupy my mind. It was like a, I don't know why I go through periods of super autism. (laughs) But I was doing this thing where I would do long division on license plates. And it was because I forgot long division. So I was like, oh shit, I gotta teach myself this again. (laughs) You play these games, you can make your brain smarter, or you could listen to um, the same radio show a million times. Different topic every week here. Stefan is not understanding. Still, you just got to put the work in, study something really hard. Matt's telling Stefan the history of those Catskill wordsmith comics. Those guys, Oh, my wife, I call her the bowling ball because I fill all three of her holes and I throw her in the gutter. Those guys who were able to write those street jokes, (laughs) that takes a different way to think. (laughs) After their road trip, first two days of that tournament, Stefan was in the top three of his division, boosted him up a couple hundred points. He's ranked a 900 after losing six games in a row. His opponents had to tell him, like, stop emphasizing the winning and the losing. Just be a better player. It almost doesn't even matter who you're playing. You have to make the best move at the time that you're given, and that's all you can control. The longer the tournament, the greater the bump you get. Usually, that's why he was boosted so high up. Matt, he's been playing for a decade, and he was even able to boost his rating up. Stefan meets the other buddy here, Marlin, second half of the chapter. And Marlin was looked at as a prodigy. Wasn't that one of those knockoff Jordan shoe companies? Prodigy, as well as Matt was. So they would always play each other sharpened steel with steel G.I. Joel came in the top of Division 1 of that tournament and he's only ranked in 1800 he's been playing multiple decades so maybe you start to decline after a while and that's why he relies so heavily on strategy where you got Matt and Marlin doing memorization. After this tournament and seeing how Matt functions he buys a handheld electronic device, spits up dictionary words like a beeper throughout the day I only do a Word of the Day app, which I still love, but these guys are on a whole nother level. It's just, if I had the VR helmet, I'd have it blast me with Merriam-Webster, and I've gone off on her way too frequently on the show recently. <laughs> Can't change definition for vabinations. Know what I'm saying? They pulled a couple uh, Scrabble dictionaries for having a uh, dago and a couple other ones, but of course. Cracker and Honky were still in it. couple facts to end the chapter. Matt was telling him that the worst possible pull you can get is 1 in 6 million odds. BBJ, KQXZ. And then the least likely pull is a 1 in 55 million odds. Moo Moo. M-U-U, M-U-U. Good diss word. guess it's not a good Scrabble pull. You gotta sit in your own living room and wear a mask. Moo Moo. J, Q, X, Z are the letters you want to get rid of. They prevent you from bingoing. Discard of them ASAP. Statistically, the winner goes first more often. You play Scrabble on a vacation with your girl. Do not let her go first. It's going to ruin the rest of your vacation. No, I beat you in Scrabble, remember? (laughs) The starting word is always situated different. You could try to mess up, make it harder to get a point score for your opponent's next move. Whatever the first word is makes the game more or less complex than a game of Go or Chess. So if I start the game with tit, we're not going to have a lot to go from there. It's going to turn into one of those tight Sudoku boards really quick. So from the beginning, it is kind of pertinent to make big words. Further, Stefan gets, he's realizing the tournaments, the practice is what you make of it. And one of the things later we'll hit before we end the chapter, save time, Um He's just saying scrimmaging is not as efficient as drilling. Like, doing those word techniques, the anagrams, is better for you than just going against... uh, Because everybody's different. You're not going to get... It's like fucking (laughs) stand-up. You could tell the same joke to a different audience an hour later, and it'll bomb. And that's something Matt said before. He's like, I play Scrabble because it's objective. You play against yourself and make the best move. Stand-up... It's a fucking roll of the dice. And Scrabble, you actually have to perform. Unlike the card sharks, you just sit there and pluff. <laughs> if you can't spell, you can't play Scrabble. Yeet. That was a fun chapter. Let's go to chapter three. Edley feels he's ready for a mentor. Stefan contacts Edley. The first thing he tells him Oh, Mr. Miyagi, any behavior outside of winning is extraneous. <laughs> He says a lot of people are there subconsciously for other reasons, and that's why they're not winning. Do you want to go pro? Do you want to write a book? Or do you want to win? Joe Edley was the first Scrabbler to ever hit a Grand Slam. Show him some respect. He won all of the biggest tournaments in the year, like uh, tennis, golf, if you win the biggest opens, you win the biggest prize. And he took home 50K in one event that year. He had a six figure Scrabble salary year. He probably could have got sponsored. To be part of this National Scrabble Association is only like $18, and you have access to all these tournaments. So that'd be pretty cool. If someone write in if you join. Edley is from Detroit. He has the reputation as the Darth Vader, as we went over, and Joel is the Jedi. Joel is the Scrabble savant. He's studying strategy. As a kid, Joel was a chess champion, and Edley. Was like a spelling bee kid. So he's doing the workhorse trying to learn the etymology of the word. Can I have the origin of destination? Sound it out please. Fanatically. Those kids. (laughs) We need to where are they now? Half of them are probably serial killers. Edley, seen as the bad guy. He followed around the summer of love in the 60s. And he was a sober virgin. After Edley's first seven tournaments he was ranked over 1,800. So, even more of a boost from Matt and Marlon from the beginning. Stefan says, I'm definitely intimidated by all the words. And Edley's like, If you want to be good, there's no choice for you than to learn the words. Stefan said, This was calming. There are no shortcuts. You can't skip the line. You just got to put the work in. Edley is also saying, I had a mini panic attack during my first match. <laughs> you got to practice your breathing. He's all about Tai Chi. On the Scrabble board. Edley is also one of these guys. Throw out all of those statistical probabilities. It's the opposite of Joel. Just focus on the moment and the words will flow through you. Like he said, he had a breakdown or whatever. He knows about memory blocks. And you could fuck yourself over so many ways in competition. Like look baseball players. Stefan Fatsis knows this. you got to have no-hitter seasons like, we know this kid could hit a fucking ball. What's going on here? Shit like that happens in all these niches, apparently. Tell Stefan, you got to remove your ego from the game. And then the muse of the word God will take the charity of your mind. Scrabble, mood doesn't affect your play. He's thinking, "Mm, not true. He proves by the end of the book that Stefan stops spiking his rack on the ground when he loses. Got to be Zen. It's one of the virtues out here. Edley started a Scrabble newsletter for the National Association, and they hired him for a minute, recording minutes, some in-house rep. This guy made his own reality, this Zen Lord. He's making money off of all the Scrabble Peng Do members. Pretty wild. The last part of Chapter 3 was about one of the majors. So this is the first one that Stefan is around for. The Midwest Tournament in Chicago. You have 535 Scrabblers there. Brings a ton of money to the city, flights, hotels. Hasbro donates 500000 for the event. So everybody who goes gets a gift bag, t-shirt, special edition board. First Scrabble Championship was in 1978. And none other than Joe Edley took home the gold. He uh, won the next two as well. Only $1,500 cash prizes at the time. He saw the rise of the sport, so he got on that bandwagon early. If you look at like uh, Fortnite is putting on mornings of ESPN now. Who watches ESPN anymore? These green-haired streamers. They're going to sell out stadiums in a decade. Scrabble, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's going to be way too high culture. It's going to be hungry, hungry hippos that we're watching in the Olympics. <laughs> we use people. America wins. To kick off this uh, Chicago tournament, they had an in-memoriam part, religious experience for all these old people. I'd like to see the average age of the Scrabble, Voice Cracker, Who Plays. It's just old people. It's like a bingo hall. Stefan, 10 and 8 in the first three days. He sees the notorious Brian, some English guy in New Balances, who has a 2100 rating. He looks normal, but he has a brain from Mars. He quit the game for a while thinking... The rankings are just to get people hooked. So this guy's too smart. He's thinking there's a Scrabble conspiracy. The seventh day, Stefan is 14-4. and four. This guy, uh, Brian, wiped him the first couple games. And it looks like he's going to win. He will. He beat Matt again in the finals. Matt, in life, is the first-place loser. As Britt takes home the gold, Matt does his truffle shuffle off of the stage. Chapter 4, The Tower of Scrabble. Stefan starts saying there comes a time in any obsession where you just have to learn more about the thing. Gotta look into the history, gotta learn everything to get every single edge. Alfred Butts, this man of culture, was an unemployed architect who invented Scrabble. Stefan wanted to know if he would have fit in and been proud of the community that he created. Alfred Buttsniffer died in 1850. His grandson found the game in some old chest, and he tried to sell it to Milton Bradley. Dirty butts. I hope he named his kid something evil. The guy sold his worth. <laughs> but then we wouldn't have the joy of Scrabble. Hasbro saw it, and they turned it down because they were going, there's too many letters. People will never, it's not going to catch on. Like you said, only $30 million circulating copies in the u.s that's what fucking 10 percent of people that play alfred butts originally called (laughs) (laughs) let me revel in the butt alfred this is batman did you change your name to butts no sir now it's alfred penny butts uh he named the game lexico short for lexicon sold it in 1938 for a small royalty And uh, like we said, filled with Hasbro. So it's around 1920. Butts' son sells the game. They don't list it as Lexico. They put it on the market as Criss Cross. Immediately blows up. They actually put it in uh, Lord and Taylor catalogs. It was so popular. It was selling like hotcakes. By 1954, they sold 4 million units. 3% of households in the U.S. had it. And it was still called Criss Cross. They're about to be a crossword puzzle maker for the New York Times. <laughs> All you have to do is look at a Scrabble board and then you just come up with the clues. It's going to be the easiest job ever. 50s, they changed the name of it to Scrabble. 100,000 copies are selling overseas every single year. This is a big thing, though. Like, I'm talking any consumer product. It can't happen. Only taking eight years for 3% of Americans to own your product. This is really a good game. Like, I know people that I fucking spend... They are trying to be entrepreneurs in the board game realm. And it's not that uh, far off when you got things like Cards Against Humanity. How many Scrabbles are there left to invent? I used to say as a child, everything's already been invented. Starting to think it's true. Stefan doing poorly in tournaments... Uh, played a 72-year-old woman who he lost to. Felt really bad about that. She wrote a poem to the National Association that she had him read. Probably just a bunch of scrabble babble. Joel eventually uh, rooms with Stefan at one of these tournaments. You know, G.I. Joel, the top of the game. He's Joel is a fucking character. He's got those intestinal issues. He says, I don't drink water. It gives me mucus. <laughs> He's like Andy Rooney. What I don't like is Scrabble. I don't like all of the tiles clicking together. It gives me a headache. What I like to do is go to sleep and pretend I'm dead. This has been Andy Rooney. Got some more of that Joel backstory. He was taking the train into New York City just to play chess as a five-year-old. He played Bobby Fisher. I was in those high chess circles. So they spend the night up uh, doing word placement, studying, making out, having pillow fights. Joel says Stefan knows 89,000 words. Joel probably knows 200,000. He's like pushing the outer limits of human consciousness, this Joel fella. (laughs) He had won over 40 tournaments. He's lost over 2,000. The master has failed more times than the novice has ever tried i've got a new york times profile written about him he's been praised by the community for years joel is just pissed he's like i want national recognition i want the world to see there is a bobby Fischer of scrabble (laughs) dream on dream until your dreams come true chapter five the words there's a hundred scrabble tiles 98 letters and two blanks eight million possible starting racks When you're playing by Nick rules, you're allowed to flip over a tile and use it as a blank as long as nobody catches you. It's a fun way to play. It's called Schemer Scrabble. The stat that matters to Stefan says it's a given 12% chance to bingo from the start. So you always want to try to have your rack able to throw down seven at once. Stefan, he's going, I quit golfing when I couldn't break 80 There are these levels, like when he was at the park for three weeks, and he's going, I just got to learn more. And then he starts getting into the history and contacting the higher-ups. Stefan's going, in golf, I gave up pretty early. In retrospect now, casuals can have fun with golf by just hacking around. And, again, you don't need to look too deep into these things. He's saying if I wasn't writing a book about Scrabble, I wouldn't have had to go through these ups and downs with the game. I could have just been a wreck player. Real big um undertones for the book was addiction as well. Like all of these players, G.I. Joel was addicted to Coca-Cola. Matt is addicted to anything that is not approved by the FDA. He's addicted to mRNA bags. Um, Marlin was addicted to food, big old brother. Stefan is going, if you want to be the best golfer, Tiger Woods, you have to have an addictive father who's going to beat you into the same personality. <laughs> Stefan's going, to I just don't have the bug and he said this out loud to Edley and Edley was like, most people don't have the bug, you're not touched with the grace of God to play Scrabble, you unlock it as you go and he's going, yeah, I kind of saw this in Matt now, the more he studied the more he liked this pattern of thinking to fill his time and it just is a feedback there's no, (laughs) nobody's talented, it's all a farce it's a negative outlook. <laughs> this is just what you need to ascend the ladder. Edley gives um Stefan his own study book of anagrams. And so Stefan will just set a timer, thirty minute chunks, all throughout the day. He has nothing else to do. On his book, Grant, he's anagramming, slamming banana sounding letters out like um, that's an easier way to do it if you look at the letters too much it's going to mess with your head if you're looking at your scrabble rack just go blarg whatever the letters spe- spell out A-K-L-T alkt talc talc is a word but it's not spelled like that in the English language it's T-A-L-K so you're going to have those silent but deadly letters just use your uh, ears some people are audio learners, Marlin crashes with Stefan before a Long Island competition that they're headed to. Stefan's being placed in a starting division with players up to 1,600. He's never played anybody this good before. On the first day, he drops Taxman for 96 points. Marlin is hyping him up. No way! No way you dropped! <laughs> Man, I smoked too many unfiltered menthols before this. No way you drop tax man. <coughs> Marlin is the hype beast with the Scrabble community. That joke was worth it. <laughs> we'll get some water here. In a competition of sixteen hundred level players, Stefan came in eight and one. <laughs> so he took home an eighty dollar cash prize and he gave Marlin a half for coming. He doesn't need the money. This guy's writing a bestseller. He's gonna make millions off this. Give fucking Marlin a break. Edley and Stefan debriefed the tournament, and he's going. Shouldn't my ranking be moving up a little bit more? Joel talked to the higher ups, gets a new ranking in the mail. 1461. Nothing really eventful for the last half of the chapter. There. Some guy was like rewriting the dictionary. It was pretty much a microcosm for Scrabble. Are we all just wasting our time rewriting all this crap? Stefan, you play uh, shuffleboard in the retirement community. Some people are happy spending their time playing this game. Let's go to chapter 6, Matt. This is when we finally get the dirt. Matt lives in a walk-up on the Upper East Side, a low-ceiling tenement with more doors than a funhouse. He has hundreds to thousands of books. Stefan counted 60 bookshelves. He's interested in every single genre, mostly nootropics, um, self-help, all this stuff, mostly about drugs. He's learning Matt never had a stable job. He was always bouncing from thing to thing. He's one of these guys, I don't derive any sort of productivity from what I do during the day for money. He's saying it makes me feel demoralized. He's using big words. Matt said, jobs are for money, money's about stuff, and I don't want women, so I don't need stuff. <laughs> Say that to a group of millennials on a date night, and you got a stand up set. This is one of the world's best anagrammers here, and it's not very pretty behind the scenes. It's just a man with two unpaid professions. This is when he dropped that news My mom's a psycho. My dad can't hold a stable mood. Stefan's going, Oh, this makes sense. One time you send me that postcard from a tournament saying, Having a great time. Wish I was dead. He goes out to a Soho bar with Matt. Watches him bomb a show, and Stefan was like these were high level jokes with figurative twists and literal puns went over the head of most of the audience. They go back to chill at Matt's apartment, and Stefan shows him all three of his late night sets. He did Conan, Colbert, or whatever a couple other one of those. He said the first and second time he killed third time a heckler ruined the set. How could there be a heckler?" In a late night set, you would think the bookers, or they would just cut. They have their seven second bumper. <laughs> Someone's got to heckle Jimmy Fallon. You alcoholic. All these stories more a testament to the um. There's no consistency in a lot of these hobbies. Scrabble is soulless for a lot of people in a crazy life. Matt says by minimizing responsibility, he has a more tranquil life where he can live in the moment. That Edley method: be here now, let the words flow through you. And he also wrote for SNL for a while. He said his girlfriend got him a gig on it, but he got fired, as most writers do. It's the Brotherhood. Joel, Matt, and Marlon. They're traveling around the country together, screaming out, making up their own language. Matt got Marlon addicted to GHB for a while. They were, like, lifting heavyweights. Crossfitters, Those are, like, big-boned, big-framed guys. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find pictures. I remember seeing them a long time ago. I'll try to get that on the YouTube page. They are true gamers. Matt was always trying to get the cutting-edge prescriptions from his doctor. GHB, you have to know, some guy in the locker room for. And the doctor was always like, you don't need a mental edge to play board games. And Matt is like, you don't know the level that I'm at, Doc. Go study your bones a little bit more. I know there's only 200 bones in the body. There's 200,000 words to be learned. Matt was able to sweet-talk a bunch of doctors into giving him some trial drugs. Ended this chapter with the last of the history we get about Scrabble. 1998, Milton Braggley started shipping the game over to China along with Pokemon. It was like a package deal. They were the... Do together don't they already have scrabble in china it's called mahjong how the hell do you play that game i thought it was going to be easy there's tiles of tigers that's a better bit <laughs> how do you play scrabble in china it's a tiger followed by a x-men logo Guess i got nothing for it <laughs> on the 100 yard scrabble conveyor belt in 1998 they started folding 33 boxes at a time, like we started selling a massive amount out to China. The coolest thing I found out from this chapter was that there was this old Native American game that, like Amerigo Vespucci settlers, 1400 before Columbus figured out, it was called Pakizi. Native Americans would pretend to be something from nature, so they would go smoke the peace pipe, and one guy would get on all fours, and then they would shout out. Mighty Fox, Wise Owl, and whoever gets it right, just invented Parcheesi. And so Swift was this guy who bought the rights from Alfred Butts' son for Scrabble, made it crisscross. Swift also invented Parcheesi, which he probably just stole off. From the Red Man! Stole their land! Marlin, can I get an amen? Amen! In the 80s, Scrabble was uh, marketing to kids with commercials. You make a commercial to kids, and they will buy your product for the rest of your life. Scrabble's still making $25 million a year, it sounds like. And Hasbro is a $4 billion company. Chapter 7, Marlin in Reno. Reno. Uh, Second biggest tournament with 300 participants. <laughs> I said at the beginning of the yep, shoved the mic up my ass. Might as well throw up on it. Um, he met participants from Thailand at this Reno. It's one of the majors, one of the big four. Stefan was rooming with Marlon for this event. Marlon never went to school. He would just skip and go to the library, pick his own books up. Still had the bigger vocabulary than most of his peers. He said he went to a predominantly black college in Baltimore, isn't every uh, college in Baltimore predominantly black? He says he never felt like he was plugged into the Matrix. Didn't fit in with his peers. Too big of a vocabulary. <laughs> He's was uh, 27 when he first started playing Scrabble, a late bloomer. He actually met Matt on a train to a tournament and swindled him for $7. <coughs> he was published in the Baltimore Sun as a young Scrabble savant. Marlin always thought, it was a sick joke that his name is an anagram for normal. He's anything but. Stefan was ranked 650th in North America, still scored at 1461. He wants to knock it out of the park in Reno. And he couldn't sleep that night because Marlon was complaining for hours about pulling A-E-E-E-E-O-U. He landed a triple tile with the word wobblier the next day for 176 points. So Marlin isn't always in control of his emotions. Yo, I might have been nay naying cause I hit wobbler. <laughs> it's deteriorating in quality. Marlin, highs and lows, he doesn't have the Edley Zen. Matt and Marlin play each other, and so they're shit talking each other, screaming uh, anagrams to each other, trying to distract each other. They said mid-game they got into a lightsaber battle. No! why don't you just play dunces and dragons <laughs> the time has started on your move this is the subculture in the later chapter stefan realizes he's knee deep in knee-high socks <laughs> it's a testament to um the international scene there was all the thai scrabblers there and they go oh americans put on such good a show But those, like, Thailand people had 2,200 rated scores. We're not the smartest. Americans put on one hell of a show at these tournaments. Joel lends Marlon $100 to get home. He was so broke at the end of this thing. Stefan gets home. His girlfriend's like, you're becoming less normal. (laughs) What does that mean? He's got scrabble tiles coming out of his pocket. Marlon came in second in that Reno competition. Didn't win anything. That's why he had to beg to get home. That's why the chapter was called Marlon and Reno as well. Got to learn a little bit more about him. Also behind the scenes to end the chapter, Stefan talking with G.I. Joel, who was saying, in times of low membership, we heavily encourage gambling amongst members. There was this cool thing called the 3 by 3 game where you put $3 on the game and every point is like $0.03. Cents. Real... Mixed nonfiction listener penny pincher status. We need a high roller. (laughs) Quick shot at you guys. There's got to be some big buck Scrabble games out there. It's kind of bullshit. Now that I'm thinking about it again, I'll play poker night with the boys sometimes. It's all luck. I'm never going to be a professional gambler because you can't rely on yourself even a little bit in that. I'm going to fucking open a Scrabble casino on the Vegas Strip. (laughs) Chapter 8. Worlds. This is Act 3. Getting to the end of the book, picking up the pace here. Stefan traveling to New Zealand for the world event. And this is kind of putting a bow on his first year in the Scrabble scene. And he sees what he thinks is two guys doing word lists in the Auckland airport. And he walks up to them and it winds up being the 1983 and the 95 world champion. He's saying, now that I've been in it, I can spot a Scrabbler from a mile away you do like even if you're into heavy metal (laughs) some guy has a metal chain around his neck and you get a vibe you can feel out other people in your niche gets to New Zealand hooking up with a Kiwi chick because his girlfriend's telling him he's not normal world events the Americans think they're bigger and better than they are G.I. Joel is playing piano in the lobby you may be right I may be crazy get it? Billy Joel Everybody was studying, putting in like 30-hour weeks before the World Championship. Uh, Matt was doing double time at the park. He said he was able to save up a little spending money playing three-for-threes. Keita was a Romanian player who was the person to watch out for. Scores an average of 450 points in a game of Scrabble. I haven't played in years, but I think I'd only hit a 200. It's crazy good. Joel, off to a bad start, 0 for 3. He's repping America. Lost to a Brit, then lost to an Aussie, then lost to an Arab. Lester was there watching Stefan saying, These people are probably better in their home language, Stefan. Add that in your book. Make sure that's in the margin. By the second day of this tournament, Stefan feels more at home than ever. He's in the world of the Scrabblers. He walks into a room of white noise of shuffling tiles a light murmur of players anagramming it feels like he's at home joel is still hyping people up with his piano real nice community scene he's portraying Hyman was the uh british bloke that you had to watch out for everybody's trying to break the hyman. he was 17 and 7 going into the last day and him and kata played in the finals Stefan, he got scrabbled on. He came in ninety first. Still not bad. In the worlds, and he started a year ago. You know, um like as a writer, he said it didn't benefit him from a start, but you could pick up on things quicker based on your base of knowledge. It just takes for those clicks to get to those next levels. So Cada and uh the wanker Hyman were in the finals. It's a nail biter. Joel is scoring it, dun 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 on the piano. Mark Hyman pulls it out, becomes the new world champ. It's not that eventful, because the Yankee, Joel, got knocked out a while ago. That's right, it's a nationalistic show. I know we have overseas listeners, that was wildly uncalculated. Yeah, I definitely care as much about our New Zealanders. Fun last year for the reigning champ, Joel. Take us to chapter 9. Dues. First third of the chapter was about these writers that go to the uh, Scrabble tournaments. And he's going, uh, these people didn't have the balls to join Scrabble. So they're writing from the outside. This is what Stefan did two years ago when he wrote that prison document. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stefan, he's like, entitled to be a Scrabbler now but that's an interesting take like people who fail out of comedy become comedy writers you can't even write a joke so now you gotta criticize other people's jokes it's the same in all of these um, like uh, people who can't play football become commentators type of thing people who play Scrabble in jail failed at being criminals Stefan goes to the library he's reading up he's thinking I'm gonna win next year's Nationals because I came in 90th but him and Matt play and Matt was smacking him around the board and he's like, You took one month off, Stefan, I could tell. Matt drank four beers before, which is a big no no for his mental fortitude. He was still full operator. Won ten dollars off of Stefan. He's like, You can't take time off against other motivated people. I learned that in stand up. Matt, good resource in this competitive domain. Edley sent the two of them a list of forty-two letter words because they're about to hit a Amish PA tournament together. They got Edley, one of the ex-champions, his word list. This is like everything you need to succeed, you would think. The first game at this champion, he's saddened Stefan because he took time off. He's like, this is kind of loserish, You know, the humming lights, the people who won't even leave their hotel rooms just to go play Scrabble. And he's saying, well, am I falling out of love with this? Because at this higher level, you see, you have to have the singular focus. If you're touring around the city, you know, you're not being the spelling bee champion. Do you want to win it all? Like Edley said before, some people want to experience more than they want to win. Matt And him on this ride, it's kind of just like the last bit of nostalgia you get. Him having one of those road trips again, so it was nice. Marlon! He freaked out again because Stefan played Dashiki. No way! Yo! Nancy Pelosi wears those! (laughs) Dashiki, it's a pretty good Scrabble word. This is when Stefan noticed that he gets mad when he loses. It took him until... A year in to be like, give it 10 seconds, think about it, think about what you could have done to approve. Then you just got to let it go. Marlin went three and five, apologized to the guys, and he's like, this shit is whack. I'm out of here. <laughs> he fucking takes a bus. He takes a buggy back from Amish PA to Baltimore. Uh, Matt was really proud of Stefan for playing Incajet, which is the name of a company So technically you're not allowed to, but Matt's like, hey, cheat to win. Do whatever you got to to write for SNL. (laughs) (laughs) They're the boys till the end. Stefan beat this lady, Wendy, in the finals. So it took him over a year. This is the first time in 20 years Stefan Fatsis has won a trophy. And he's like, oh, I was sad about luminescent lights before. I'm a champion now. Look at me. He's motivated again second half of the chapter, he checked back in with Joel, which we got one of the best quotes here, and it transcends Scrabble. This is like a guru-level quote from G.I. Joel. Intuition is distilled experience. One can only have intuition on something if it's done religiously. Practice. I had a uh, coach once, there was an Olympic guy, who would say, Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So you have to have all of the failures and the successes, all of the experiences in order to distill it into intuition. I don't know why I just broke that down for us. This is supposed to be intuition. I got my college tuition paid for it because I got raped on campus like three out of five women, <laughs> you know bitches do be saying they have intuition all the time oh i'm just magically gifted <laughs> you didn't develop a skill so now your personality is ghosts i know you put a hex on me through the internet i deserve it pretty uh great quote there from gi joel he also gave um stefan this little bot that he was working on it's like a chess bot but you could play scrabble against it but Again, Stefan with the you gotta do drills, you gotta learn the words, you can't just dick in hand play the game. Stefan, truly student of the game. Uh, Um You ever see that South Park when the girls learn how to play video games? (laughs) So they start working together and finding all these hacks that you could win with and the guys are like this was more fun as a free for all and only the boys could play. And I preface this for a reason. Stefan had the balls to ask two of the top Scrabble playing women why they didn't get as involved in the administration as Joel or Edley, who are like pitching back in, volunteering to do that Scrabble association. Both women responded, We don't have time. <laughs> I mean, we're beyond this. We are competitors here listening to the show. Winning has to be your singular focus, not procreating. You know, you can't claim. 70 cents on the dollar when you're taking a year off to bear a fucking child nobody needs. Yeah, I said it. Stefan made it to the finals of another tournament. He got his points up to 1510. And he's going, I know I cannot win against these savants in nationals. My goal is to make it to the next level. So chapter 10, 1600. Stefan is down in Atlantic City. For the Scrabble get together. It's not exactly nationals, but it's the recreational tournament they do. They have a talent show where like all of these wild people can show their wildest skills. The first guy was a cartoon impressionist, and he was the best of any caricature boardwalk guy ever. Stefan decided to shit on these kind souls. He's like, I saw this guy holding up a sign looking for a hooter's companion at a tournament. <laughs> Everybody's your friend when you're at Hooters. <laughs> second was a few guys who put on a comedy sketch who wants to be a billionaire? A bunch of inside jokes about the Scrabble community. Stefan, he's saying um, these people are fucking weird. And Joel is like, no, we're all weird. And Matt was able to bridge between the two of them. Yeah, it's something to say. That a group of weirdos is able to recognize that this is weird. (laughs) After the tournament, Stefan Rank was at 1574, 26 away from professional level, starting his own binders. He's um, words that you don't even think exist. Jollop, Mufti, Leosis, Apogen, Xenia, Profestus. I know none of these. Sounds like another language, too. He learns not to save the bingos because if you play the bingos, your odds of getting another one exist. So You're seeing he's refining some of his old tips as well. But the way you play as a novice versus an expert changes, so you really can't give the same advice to everybody. The only way to learn is through distilled experience. Drop that fact about the lexicon. He said he could feel his own vocabulary growing at this time. And he's doing his own crazy anagrams on the subway. And Stefan finds this, like, magic equation toward the space-time continuum here. It was called animoics, And it's rearranging vowels and consonants in different orders to create different words. (laughs) I don't know what a jallop is. So I probably do not understand how to do these, but think about it like a math equation, you isolate a variable, move it to the other side. It changes the entire way to look at the equation even though the value is the same. So if you change vowels for other vowels, it's like the I like to o oh oh opals and bononos and oo opals and bononos. <laughs> you could scrabble harder if you use some of these animoic tricks. So Stefan is ready for his second to last tournament. It's the first time he's in division one. He paid fifty dollars, played a guy with a twenty seventy-five rating. He ended one and nine. And he's like, Holy shit, division one is no joke. <laughs> like he feels like he's been cheating for the past couple years. Division two, three, four, you might as well be at home. You know, it's not really that competitive until you actually get to the top. So after that tournament he was like, Maybe my score will move a little bit. He hits up G. I. Joel And Joel was like, dude, focus on the letters. You're the only buddy who mails into the Scrabble Association every week looking for an update. And he's starting to conclude, hmm, maybe the Scrabble scores are based on absolutely nothing. (laughs) Yeah, it might have been just to get uh, players hooked from the beginning, like that Lester guy said. Matt and him studied together because Matt knows how hard he wanted to get to the expert level. And it's all for friggin' vanity. He just wants to be able to write on the cover of his book, Now a Scrabble Expert. In two years, I went from zero to hero. So Matt taught him this trick about putting Vicks, vapor menthol, under your nose. Something about opening the capillaries, and it helps open up your memory. Like when you smell cookies, you start thinking about every cookie you ever had. (laughs) It's the same thing with words, apparently. It's just like Edley, this metaphysical shit within competitions that you can't explain. If you just open up the blood-brain barrier, take a bunch of GABA, you too can fucking be a billionaire. <laughs> so let's get to this last championship. It's at the Rhode Island Convention Center, and this is the world tournament. Two years come and gone. Stefan has been in the Scrabble scene this one's a little bit closer to home than New Zealand. And all the boys are able to pay to get out to this one. Hasbro as well, shelling out 500k for over 500 players here. Stefan went out with the boys. <laughs> Mallin was breaking it down on the dance floor and Matt. And he said um, the dance floor was turned into Scrabble tiles, like an old disco. It's pretty fresh. First day, Fat Sis goes one and six. Matt was doing so bad, he's like, Don't even look at me. If you ask me how I do, I will flip over the board table in your next game. It's 28 games. They got four days. It's almost an exhausting amount of Scrabble. And G.I. Joel is always putting on a show, trying to be the Bobby Fischer of Scrabble. He's playing the piano in the lobby again. I'm moving out. (laughs) Stefan was a writer. Stefan was a rat right within the community. Saying goodbye to Stefan with the music. Edley wound up winning this. We don't need to drag it out. And Edley became the first three-time world champion. 1998, 1992, and 2000. Gave his acceptance speech. Everybody's crying. He's also the first guy to ever hit a Grand Slam, Edley. So, this is like Scrabble history in the making. Stefan, there for a great year. He's saying, I learned from this particular tournament and, of course, from the two year journey. You make your own luck. If you want to make it to a higher level in any sort of hierarchy, you got to put the work in. Marlin still keeps in touch with Stefan. He wound up getting engaged and he was writing his own book, Edley. Won the Eastern Championship. Like we said, he was also the first one to win a Grand Slam. The following year, Matt got his rating above 2,000, finally. And he got a job writing on Conan. Joel formally congratulated Stefan and handed him the letter saying he made it to 1735. Damn! That's a massive jump. What the hell is this based on? (laughs) Stefan went from the bottom to the top within two years he's the 180th best scrabble player in north america Stop studying and then three months later he's writing my rating feels like it's slipping i think i'm gonna start anagramming again <laughs> stefan it's an addiction scrabble if you want to write for the new york times bestseller list you too have to waste two years <laughs> playing board games so ladies and gentlemen that is word freak by Stefan facis i want to thank you guys for staying tuned for our july themed edition it's a fun one lighthearted it's like a childhood book some people might remember this from a long time ago and appreciating the new twist on it that we're doing out here again check out that patreon page you're missing out i mean the entire first year of the show this is how we're going to be cycling it every year. It's going to be going into the backlog. You'll still have like 53 hours of content and books. Always on the YouTube. It's going to be the most up-to-date stuff. And next week, I think we're doing a mystery edition. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to do it for us, guys. I'll see you in seven short days. My name is Nick Muniz. Take it easy out there. Later.